Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. Hi guys, and thanks for joining me today. We are continuing with our theme, looking at Psalm 23. And so I want to kick off reading the first four verses before we jump in. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We're going to pick up today, and we're going to be looking at uh, verse 3 onwards. Verse 3 reads, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. We have to learn how to live out of the overflow of Jesus' love and grace when we do that we live in a place of our soul finding strength in god finding rest in god when we live out of our own strength life tends to drain us and break us down but god when we lean into him when we're relying on him when we're trusting in him, when we're inviting him into our everyday ordinary lives, when we're looking to him, he fills us up, he builds us up. And when we live our lives drawing on his life giving flow, he restores our soul. Instead of being worn out and burnt out, we can live filled up. Full to overflowing, live out of the power of His mercy and grace. And we all need that each and every day. It goes on to say, He leads me in paths of righteousness. And that phrase, He leads me, means that we have a choice. Now we are typically led in our lives by what we are familiar with. It's easier to go with a familiar, safe choice, even if it's not in our own best interests. Now let me give you an example that I'm sure more than one of you listening can relate to. Who has got a bike lying dusty in the shed that hasn't been used in weeks or months? How about a treadmill that doesn't get used? How about that gadget some of you bought to strengthen your abs? I bet you don't even remember where you last saw it. (laughs) Sometimes it can feel safer on the sofa than it is to get out of those old familiar daily habit patterns that we have. Sometimes we can allow ourselves just to fall back on those old familiar habit patterns, but they can trap us and keep us back and the reality is the life of faith 
is a life of adventure and it's a life that requires courage. It takes courage to step out in faith and to follow God and to be obedient to His Word. It takes faith instead of relying on our own strength and our own wisdom to learn to reach out to God and to be praying and trusting Him and looking to His Word and searching out His Word to see what He says. It takes faith. We can also be led by those things that we are just, well, confident in. And we've all got some areas of our lives where we are stronger than others. And it's easier to lean on those strengths, those safe places where we are confident. But we have to learn to lean into God's strength. And the Apostle Paul said, in fact, because I am weak, even in my weakness, I am strong. Well, he said that because he learned that even in the weaker areas of his life, he learned that when he disciplined himself to look to God and to call on God, he found his strength in God. And God's strength is so much greater than our weakness. In fact, God's strength is so much greater than even our own strength and wisdom. So, how can we be led by God when it's so easy to fall back on those old familiar habit patterns or to fall back on those areas of our lives where we feel we're doing good? But it can just be in our own strength. Well, we are typically led by what we focus on. So, we have to choose our focus. If we are serious about walking the faith walk by God and allowing Him to lead us in paths of righteousness, well, we've got to set our focus on His Word. The key is focus. When we change our focus, we can change our outcomes. When we change our focus, we increase our opportunities. When we change our focus, we expand our horizons. When we change our focus, we can change our lives. And let me give you an example from the New Testament of this principle in action. In John chapter 4, we read about an exchange that Jesus had with a Samaritan woman at a well. And as he's speaking to her, he offers her the opportunity to change her focus. Like that woman at the well, we too can get stuck with our regrets, our shortcomings and failures. We can get stuck with our focus on the main mundane tasks and responsibilities of life. We can get stuck with our focus perhaps on the unfairness of life. But as Jesus spoke to her, she realized that she was speaking not just with another man, but with the Messiah. And that he loved her. And as she realized that, her focus changed. You see, she took her focus off of the ordinary 
and she began to believe in the extraordinary power of Jesus to save. And as she did that, her life was forever changed. As she opened her heart to Jesus, he led her onto his path of righteousness. And what happened? Well, she immediately began to experience the restoration of her soul as well. And like the Samaritan woman who stood at the well and Jesus gave her a choice. He said, you can draw the water from this well and you will have some benefit. Or you can choose the water that I'm offering you and you can have eternal life. And friends, like the woman at that well, we also have to choose what well we're going to draw from. We can draw from the wells of self-doubt, self-pity, insecurity, fear, anxiety, lust, jealousy, envy. I'm sure you guys can relate. We've all got weakness in our flesh and at different times we've all drawn from some of these wells. But we can make a better choice. We can choose to draw from the well of Jesus and find redemption, love, forgiveness, grace, mercy, hope, and healing. And as we choose Jesus, we choose his life. Jesus restores our soul. Friends, we don't have to live in turmoil. We don't have to live in constant self-doubt or even self-hatred. We can find love, acceptance and forgiveness in the arms of Jesus. Psalm 1 in verses 1 to 3 gives us a beautiful picture of someone who chooses to walk in paths of righteousness. And I'd like to read these verses for you. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the seat of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Friends, this is a beautiful description of the person that we read about in Psalm 23 and verse 3. A person whose soul is restored by God. It says in this psalm, in verse 3, whatever they do prospers. Why? They are drawing on the life-giving waters of God. We can choose to live in the fullness of God's blessing when we plant ourselves on His Word. When daily we look to Him for strength and trust in Him to lead us and guide us.
It's a faith walk. Because each day we're faced with things that we never anticipated, with difficult and tough choices. But we get to choose. We get to choose our walk, we choose our stand, and we can choose to be planted on the Word of God and to draw from His life-giving nature. In Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15, 14 and 15, it talks about that choice. And Joshua is addressing the Israelites who are also faced with the choice. And he says this, Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And those beautiful words of faith can strengthen and encourage us to take a stand of faith as well. And I know it's not easy. There are many pressures that come against us from the world to adopt the world's values and the world's perspectives and the world's systems. And the reality is if we choose to take our stand on the Word of God, for many of us it's going to feel like we are swimming upstream. We're going to feel the pressure of the currents of the world pushing against us. But friend, it's the right thing to do. The book of, Ephi, the book of Hebrews sorry, puts it a little bit differently. And it says this. We need to throw away those things that can easily weigh us down or entangle us and serve the Lord with our whole hearts. It says looking to Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. That brings us back to that place of focus, right? When we look to Jesus, we can choose to walk in the freedom that He gives, to throw away those weights and those things that entangle us, and to live in the freedom that He gives. And when we do, it sets us up for what we read next in verse 4 of Psalm 23. It says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, we have to choose to live out of a place of faith and not fear. God will never lead you to something that He won't take you through. And I'd like to radically change your view on the valley that it speaks about in this verse. Because in God it can become the place of breakthrough. And I hope some of you are starting to get excited. You see, that scripture doesn't say, even though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, it says, even though I walk through the valley. 
You see, God is taking you to the other side. And I'd like to give you a real life example who had to walk the faith walk through a valley of the shadow of death and show you God's miraculous power and the breakthrough that God brought for him and actually for us too. And I'm talking about the father of faith, Abraham. God told Abraham to offer up his son Isaac as a sacrifice. And it must have seemed crazy. I'm sure it seemed to make no sense because he was the son of promise. How could he take the son of promise and offer him up as a sacrifice? But thankfully, Abraham resolved to be obedient and to walk the walk of faith. And this is evident when we read the story in Genesis chapter 22. And we can read how Abraham tells his servants as they approach the mountain where he knows he's going to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice. He says, we will worship and then we will come back to you. Do you hear the spirit of faith that he's operating in? He wasn't just going to the valley of the shadow of death. He knew that God would make a way and he would go through the valley of the shadow of death. As we continue reading Abraham's story, and his son turns to him and asks him, Dad, where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered him, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. So here again we see Abraham operating in the spirit of faith. And did you know that because Abraham was obedient to offer his son to God, God was merciful and sent his son Jesus as an offering to save all mankind. It must have seemed to Abraham like the end of a dream to have to offer his son, the son of promise, as a sacrifice. But what seemed to be the end of Abraham's dream was actually only the start of an even bigger blessing. You see, God wasn't done with Abraham. And God's not done with you yet either. You might have thought or felt like it was the end. Like Abraham thought it was the end for Isaac and the hope and dream that he had of being a father to a son of his own. But just like God had more in store for Abraham, God's got more in store for you. God turned Abraham's test into a triumph. Abraham's test became his testimony. And in writing Psalm 23, David also looked through the valley of the shadow of death. And by faith he saw that God had prepared a banqueting table for us, his people, on the other side of those tests and trials in our lives. Abraham, by faith, looked beyond the offering of his son Isaac as a sacrifice. 
And by faith, he saw that God himself would provide a sacrifice. And like Abraham, like David, and like many other men and women of faith that we can read about in the Bible, who had to look through the difficulties, tests and trials that they faced, trusting God for his miraculous protection and provision and blessing. We too have to learn how to live by faith, to walk by faith, and to see beyond our circumstances and see his miraculous provision. Friend, whatever test, trial, or difficulty you are facing, I invite you today to declare with me by faith, God, you are taking me through. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I will fear no evil. Jesus, you have made a way. The tomb is empty. Jesus is risen. He has conquered sin and death. His name is above every name. And God, by faith right now, I invite you to, by the power of your grace, turn the tests and challenges and difficulties that I'm going through into a testimony. Lord, to turn them into a place of breakthrough for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's Word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend?